turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 22. Matthew 22, verse 32 is where we find our series verse. We titled this series for the month of November, God of the Living. God of the Living. We're going to get into what that means uh, this evening. Matthew 22, verse 32. Bible says this. It says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Bible says here, he says, I am. Say that with me, I am. Because God doesn't say I was, right? You gotta understand this. This is what we mean by God of the living. This is what God's word means by this. That he is the God of the living, that means that he is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac. And he still is the God of Jacob. Why? Because they are alive with him. Did you grab that? They are alive with him. Amen? And that's why God says, I am a God. I am the God of the living. Because even those who have passed on and have chosen to follow me, they're still alive with me. We're together for eternity. So we entitled this, this series, God of the Living. Math, or, sorry, Psalm chapter 23. I want to base tonight's message out of Psalm 23. A very familiar portion of scripture here. I'm sure many of us can probably quote it. Psalm 23 reads like this, and this is out of the Living Bible. It says, Because the Lord is my shepherd... I have everything I need. He lets me rest in the meadow grass and leads me beside the quiet streams. He gives me new strength. Say that with me, new strength. He says, he helps me do what honors him the most. You got to hold on to that. He helps me do what honors him the most. God is going to help you to live a life that pleases him. He's going to help you. I know you may be struggling. I know it may be difficult at times to live a life that honors God. Believe me, I know. We are all of the, we are all, you know, of the same flesh. It gets difficult, but God is going to help us. He's going to strengthen us to live a life that honors him. It says, even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid for you are close behind me, guarding, guiding all the way. It says, you provide delicious food for me. Oh, got your attention tonight, right? You provide delicious food for, uh, food for me in the presence of my enemies. Man, thinking of food gets me all, my voice going crazy. It says, you have welcomed me as your guest. Blessings over flow. Verse 6, he says, your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all of my life. And afterwards, I will live with you forever in your home. Let's pray this evening. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us, help us to have ears that hear, help us to be doers of your word, 
Lord, and in that we will see your blessings. We will see the fruit in our lives as we are attached to you, as we abide in you, Father. Help us to stay, remain in you. Lord, as you strengthen us, as you guide us and direct us, Lord, help us, Lord God, to keep our eyes on you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen and amen. See, David writes a beautiful chapter in Psalm 23. Words that you and I must never forget. Talking about God's provision. He talks about God's power. He talks about God's protection. He talks about God's favor. And then he talks about what I want to focus on this evening is this. God's goodness and kindness. I mean, know that God is good and he is kind. Do you believe that? That he is a good, kind God. I titled this message this evening, Living the Dream. Living the Dream. I got this title from Brother Dave Matuska. I don't know if he's here tonight. Brother Dave Matuska, wherever you're at, I know that you know what I'm talking about because you had just mentioned this to me, and I, and I thought in my head, that, that'll be a good title for this message. So there you go. Living the dream. You know, we've heard people say this before. You know, you ask someone, hey, how you doing? How's, how's life? And they say, oh, living the dream. Maybe many of you have said that before, and really, really not fully even believing it probably yourself sometimes. You probably just said it to, to you know, because you were in church, you know? So you wanted to say something positive instead of saying, oh, my life is so horrible right now. Home is, home is very difficult and work is no fun. <laughs> but you don't want to say those things, so you just say, I'm living the dream. And you hear people say this quite a bit these days. But I want you and I to really understand that we are truly Living the dream, why? Because of who God is. Because of who he is. It's not anything that we've done, but it's everything that he has done for you and I. It's everything to do with who he is. His nature. How many know that God's nature does not change? Amen? You believe that tonight? He doesn't change. If he was good to those in his word, then he is that same good, great God to you today. He hasn't changed, and he's not going to. Jesus' words are recorded in Luke chapter 20 and verse 37. As he talks about Moses' writings, and he says, he says, where well, he says, he speaks of God as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. To say that the Lord is some person's God means that person is alive and not dead. So from God's point of view, all men are living. God says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 25. 1 John 2, 25. The Bible says this. And he himself has promised us this. Eternal what? What has God promised you? Eternal what? Eternal life. 
not eternal death. We know that this is just the this is just the beginning of what is to come. How many of you understand that you have less years here on earth than you will spend in eternity? Do you realize that? I don't I don't know the average age of of humanity these days, and I don't want to throw out numbers because I don't want to scare anyone. But let's just say 100 years old, right? We have any 100-year-olds here in this place? If you are, God bless you. May you, live, may you live 100 more years. Amen. Healthy, blessed by God. Well, let's just say that human life is 100 years. Many, many may live past that. Others may live a little less than that. But it just goes to show how short life is here on earth compared to eternity, right? Eternity is what? Forever and ever, there is no end. That's what eternity means. There is no end. So when you think of 100 years, where the Bible says, you know, a 1,000 years is like, is like one day to God. 100 years is nothing compared to the time that we are going to be spending with God the Father forever and ever. So what does that mean for you and I? That means that here on earth is just preparation. It's just preparation for what is to come. So that should help you and I to learn how to live while we were here, while we are here. How to speak, how to think, how we should perceive things in life. I know we go through difficult things and circumstances in our lives, but we have to know that, we, that life is just only a vapor, that we are going to be with God forever, but even in this time, God is with us. Amen? He's with you and I, and he is comforting you, and he is guiding you, he is strengthening you, he is helping you through whatever you are facing today. So my question to you this evening is this. How are you living? Turn to your neighbor and ask him, how are you living? Did anybody say living the dream? <laughs> I was waiting for it. David writes in Psalm 23 about the many attributes of God. In verse 6, David says, Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all my life. Say that with me, all my life. And then we find one of the biggest, I believe, the biggest, one of the biggest understatements of the Bible where David writes this, and he says, And afterward, I will live with you forever in your home. Why do I call it that? Because th this is a... This is a Sentence here that, that, that we can just read through and overlook. Where he says, your goodness and kindness will be with me all my life. And we think all our life here, right? And that's what he means. And then he says, and afterwards, I will live with you forever in your home. We just went over that our life here is but a vapor. But eternity is forever. And forever you will have God's goodness. And forever you will experience God's kindness in your life. Not only here, but in heaven. See, when God says that he is a God of the living, 
He does not mean that these bodies will not pass on. Because I assure you, these bodies will perish. If Christ doesn't come back before, these bodies will perish. I assure you that. But what God means is that those who abide in him, those who follow him, those who trust in him, those who stay with him will live forever. Live. Truly live. Do you know what it means to truly live? I know that if you are living for Christ, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that what it means to truly live. You know, you see so many people, sadly, in this world, sadly in this, in, you, know, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe even in the four walls of the church, maybe, living for things, living for material things that will not bring them satisfaction, that will never, ever give them back what they have put into it. They'll never really live according to the word of God. And God says, when you follow me and when you abide in me, then and only then can you truly live. Jesus tells a parable in Matthew chapter 20. Turn with me there, Matthew chapter 20 and verse 1. Matthew 20 and verse 1, the Bible says this. Jesus tells a parable and he says, The owner of an estate went out early one morning to hire workers for his harvest field. He agreed to pay them a day's wage and sent them out to work. A couple of hours later, he, passed, he was passing a hiring hall and saw some men standing around waiting for jobs. And so he sent them also into his fields, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. At noon and again at around three o'clock in the afternoon, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that evening, he was in town again and saw some more men standing around and asked them, why haven't you been working today? Because no one has hired us, they replied. Then go out and join the others in my fields, he told them. That evening, he told the paymaster to call the men in and pay them, beginning with the last men first. When the men hired at five o'clock were paid, each receiving a day's wage. So when the men hired earlier, came to get theirs, they assumed they would receive much more. But they too were paid a day's wage. They protested, hey, those fellows worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as those of us who worked all day in the scorching heat. Friend, he answered one of them, I did you no wrong. Didn't you agree to work all day for an agreed-upon wage? Take it and go. It is, it is my desire to pay all the same. Is it against the law to give away my money if I want to? 
Should you be angry because I am kind? And so it is that the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. See, in this parable that Jesus talks about, he talks about the goodness of the Father. How in the parable, the owner showed kindness to individuals who may not have looked as if they deserved the same as what others received. See, what happens in our lives when God's kindness goes against what we deem as fair? Think about that. In this parable, those who worked one hour were paid the same as those who worked all day long. Imagine you being that person who worked all day long and you were paid the same as that individual who worked one hour. How would you feel? Because I'm telling you right now, we would feel a whole lot different being in the other person's shoes. You would feel different being the one who worked all day and got paid the same And you would feel different if you were the individual who worked one hour and got paid the same as those who worked all day. On one side, you would be extremely upset, wouldn't you? Don't forget, we're in church. Wouldn't you? Yes. Yes, you would. Yes, we would. And if you got paid the same if you worked one hour, you would be extremely happy, wouldn't you? You would say, oh, this man is very kind. I want to work for him again. But in this parable, we learn so much about who God is. We learn a lot about who God is. I'm going to get into that further in everything that is talked about in this. But I want to focus on right now is what I asked you earlier. What happens when God's kindness doesn't seem fair to us? What happens when we think, God, they're not deserving of that? God, why did, you, why, were you, why did you give them that? They don't deserve that. We have to understand this, church, that God is kind. All right? You have to get this through your head tonight. That God is kind, and nothing is going to change that. This is what you and I must grasp, because this is going to help you. Not just in those times when you see others blessed and you think that you're left out. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is you understanding who God is. What I'm talking about is how you view God. Because when you understand here in the story what took place, you will better understand that he is a kind God. And that if he is kind to those, it's because he is kind to everyone. God does not pick and choose who he is kind to. He is kind to everyone, the Bible says. It is what is called unmerited. Just like his grace, his mercy, it is unmerited. Just like his love, it is unmerited, isn't it? You didn't didn't do anything to earn it. It was given to you, free. See, there will be times in our lives when we will see others blessed and we may have our own opinion of things. 
But God tells us like the owner told the laborer, have I not been good to you? Hmm. Has God ever told you that before? Have I not been good to you? Have I not been true to my word? Just like the owner says, we agreed upon a wage that I was going to pay you. Did I not pay you what was agreed upon? Whether or not you think you should have been paid more, did, not, did I not give you, did I not honor the agreement that we had? The answer is yes. That owner did meet that agreement, and God does what he says he's going to do in our lives. If he has promised you something, church, believe me, God is going to follow through. He's going to follow through. God, God answers prayers. How many of you believe that, that God answers prayers? That means that you believe that God is listening to your prayers, amen? Because if he's going to answer it, first he has to listen to you. God is listening to you. Why? Because God is kind. He's kind. He's good. Let this help you to better understand certain situations in your lives or certain areas that you may find yourself in. Psalm 145, verse 9. The writer says, The Lord is good to everyone. He is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. You know what's awesome is who's included in that group of everyone? We are. You and I. You and I are included in everyone. Everyone means that there's no one left out. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't. I know you've probably heard that before, but it doesn't matter what you've done. God, is still, God still shows his kindness to mankind. It's because it's who he is. It's who he is. Just like you can't change certain things in life. My dog at home will never become a cat. It will never. I don't care how long it lived. It will not become a cat. Why? Because it's a dog. It is a dog. And it, is, it, was, it, was, it was created on purpose, part of God's creation, to be designated as such. God in his nature is kind, and nothing's going to change that. Doesn't matter how many years pass, God is still going to be kind to your grandkids, to your great-grandkids, to your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids if the Lord tarries. He's going to be kind to them, and you have to love that about God. You have to thank God that he is going to be kind to all those generations after you. Oh, man, yes, you got to give God praise for that. Why? Because this is what you love about him. This is what has brought you to him, wasn't it? It was his love. 
It wasn't, it wasn't any, any judging. It wasn't any harshness. No, it was his love that brought you, that drew you to him. And it's his love that keeps you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God is good. Tell your other neighbor, God is good. Tell yourself, God is good. All right. You got you to gotta repeat that, amen. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you say, God is good. That's it. Before you, before you uh, use the restroom, before you brush your teeth, before you have your coffee, amen, you got to tell yourself, God is good. God is good. He's good. He is good. It doesn't matter what happens in that day. God is good. It doesn't matter if you face traffic and you're late to work. God is still good. Amen? You don't blame God for there being traffic. <laughs> you leave earlier for work. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but that was to somebody. Take it up with God. <laughs> but it does, nothing that happens in your day is going to change the fact that he is good. You need to understand that. The Bible says to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. The Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. I love that verse. I love that verse. As a foodie, I love that verse. <laughs> taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, man, I get excited when I hear that. Oh, man, you, you oh, I'm telling you right now, you have to experience God for yourself. You have Oh, man, I'm telling you right now, God has so much for you. Can you imagine, can you imagine if you shared God with someone like that, with that much zeal, with that much enthusiasm? Like, man, you just couldn't wait for them to taste and see what the Lord has for them. How many people we would draw into God's house, into salvation, See, you and I must not focus on what we think is fair or not. You and I need to thank God for his goodness and his kindness upon our very own lives. Because you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for his goodness and his kindness. You wouldn't. You would not. So that same kindness that is shown upon those that you think should not be receiving it, has been shown to you. That same kindness that, you wanna, that we want to keep from others at times, that we want God to hold back from blessing or just showing his goodness to, is the same goodness and kindness that has allowed you to be where you're at today. Don't ever forget that. When Moses boldly pleaded with God, he said, please show me your glory. He was asking for God, he was asking to see God for who he really is in Exodus 33, 19, where Moses asked God to show, show me as much as I can stand, Lord, Exodus 33, 19 gives us God's response, and he says, I will cause all my goodness, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you 
and I will proclaim the name Yahweh before you. Moses wanted to see God's glory. See, but God showed him something so wonderful and accessible that it caused, as the Bible says, the skin of Moses' face to glow with the radiance of God's presence. What was it? That was God's goodness. God's goodness was so powerful that it caused Moses' face to glow because of God's goodness. We sing about this. We say it often. We, we, we sing about God's goodness. And, but do we fully understand this attribute of God? The Bible defines God's goodness in two ways. One has to do with his character. The other focuses on his actions. Psalm 119 verse 68 captures both of this when it says of God, You are good and you do what is good. That defines right there the goodness of God. You are good and you do what is good. See, that first half focuses on the fact that God is good by nature. That he is morally excellent, extraordinarily beautiful, extravagantly bountiful. This is who God is. God is the original definition of good. He's the OG of good. Amen? For all of you veteranos here. <laughs> That's right. God's the OG of being good. For us, goodness is an added quality for us, but God is good. It comes naturally. That's exactly what Jesus meant when he said in Mark 10, 18, where he says, no one is good but one, God. No one is good but one, and that's, that's only the Father. Only the Father in heaven is good. Everything else is just a reflection. We call all kinds of things good in life, don't we? We say, oh, he or she is a good friend. That was a good steak. <laughs> that was a good movie. We call a lot of things good in our lives. But all that we call good here on earth is tainted. It's imperfect. See, God alone is goodness itself. But how do you see the true character of a person? By his actions, don't you? It's revealed in his actions. So the second half of that verse focuses on God's goodness as it relates to what he does. And the Bible is full of scripture that points to his kindness. The Bible says in Psalm 63, verse 3, David writes this, and he says, Your love and kindness are better to me than life itself. Ooh, how many, how many of you told God that before? God, your kindness and your goodness, it's better than the air that I breathe. 
It's better than life itself. Lord, it's all I need. No, Lord, it's what I long for. Lord, just more of your goodness, just more of your kindness in my life. Lord, and help me, help me, Lord, to be a reflection of you. See, God comes to the rescue of those who are frantically searching for something or someone that will satisfy their soul, that will deliver them. And and we read many verses of David as he cries out to the Lord. Many, many times, sadly, it's in it's in times of, of 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 after he sins. Times of him needing a savior. And then there's times where he just remembers, oh, God is good. God is good. You know, you know, nothing's bad, nothing is uh, bad taking place in my life. And now I just, I just know that God is good. I just know I, I want to just give him praise. I want to just let him know how much I love him. But there's times where David writes in the, in, 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 in the Bible, and it's times of need. It's times of regret. And we can find ourselves in these places. We can find ourselves in a place where we need God's goodness, where we need God's kindness. God says, it's who I am. It's who I am. I'm going to remain good to you. I'm going to remain kind to you. But yes, let's get you to this place where you need to be. I'm so glad that you have come to a place of repentance. And this is what God wants from us, that he needs us to respond to his goodness. And how does God want us to respond to his goodness? He calls us to repent, the Bible says. Romans 2, verse 4. He says, or do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? You see, the goodness of God calls for a response. It calls us to move. It calls us to action. And Paul is saying, do you think that all these blessings came upon your life because you're just an incredibly nice person? Or you, maybe you made God's special list? No. His goodness was meant to lead you to him. That's what you and I have to understand, that his goodness and kindness was meant to lead you to him. God says you could take refuge in me. God has called us to repent. God has also called us to step out in faith. When you believe that God is good all the time, it frees you to take these steps of faith in our lives. It frees us to take that, get out of that comfort zone sometimes. It frees us to to step out of that boat like Peter. And that parable that we read earlier that Jesus talks about, shows us so much of who God is. It shows us that, it doesn't, that God is not a respecter of person, that he is kind to all, that there are some times where you may feel that you are 
you may feel like you are shortchanged. There may be other times where you feel like God really moved on your behalf. But regardless of how you feel, it does not change the fact that God is the same. It does not change that. That God is always kind. Psalm 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. What does that mean for you and I? That means that he illuminates our path and he protects us. The Lord gives grace and glory. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. What does that mean? Those that follow him. If you follow Christ, the Bible says that he will not withhold any good thing from you. Nothing. He does not seek to keep any good thing away from you. He's not holding back. God wants to give. Why? Because he is a giver. Why do you think you're able to give? Because you are a child of the Most High. And he is a giver. That means that you are a giver, right? That's how it works. You didn't learn this by yourself. It came from God. As our worship team goes forward this evening, you'll never miss out if you step out with God. You'll never miss out. If you step out with God, God is going to show you in a deeper level how much he cares for you, that he has always been caring for you, that you are in his hands. And in his hands is the best place that you can find yourself. That it doesn't matter the opposition. It doesn't matter what others are saying. It doesn't matter the things that you deem and see as unfair in life. God's kindness is continuously shown throughout our lives. Galatians 2.20 says this. It says, I have been crucified, Paul says, with Christ. And I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the real life I now have within this body is a result of my trusting. Say that with me, trusting in the Son of God. Paul says, who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, the result of me now actually living, he says, before I wasn't living, before I was chasing things that were going to eventually end in destruction. I was living a life that was against God. I was actually fighting against him. I was his enemy. He says, but now that I've made a decision to follow him, now I'm living. This, Paul says, is living. This is living that I'm able to trust him, that I'm able to trust his goodness, that I'm able to trust his kindness. Paul says, because he loved and gave himself for me. Not only does he love 
but he gives. See, you and I are living the dream. As you encounter God and his goodness and kindness on a whole other level. Why? Because of our relationship with him. God is good and kind to everyone. But as you have a relationship with God, you experience it on a whole nother level. You get to really see it at work. You get to really experience his peace and his joy in all circumstances. In all circumstances in your life, God will give you that. Many times you will not even know how it's happening. How, how do I have God's, how do I have joy right now? How do I have it? How do I have peace right now? I don't understand it. With all that's taking place in my life, how do I, how am I at peace? It's because of God. It's because of God. It's because you are his child and he cares for you. You will experience that goodness and kindness on a whole other level. The Bible says that he is the God of the living. And through Christ, and only through Christ, church, can you and I truly live. Amen. Let's give God praise this evening. Let's give him praise. If you are thankful, you give him praise this evening. If you are thankful for his goodness and his kindness, give him praise. Hallelujah. The creator of the heavens and the earth. Lord, we worship you. As every head is bowed, every eye closed this evening.